Welcome to Pick Up Your Sticks, where we talk about why gaming matters with your hosts, Walker Neer and Brett Lindley. I'm Walker, and today we're discussing the immersion in games, both where it succeeds and how it's easily broken. As always, I'm joined by Brett. What's going on, Brett? What's, uh, what you, what's got you picking up your sticks this week? Well, man, uh, a lot for once in a week. Hey! I'm, I'm the guy. Hey! Um, <laughs> not, not, a, not too terribly much that I dove into. I've only really gotten into like a couple of things, but I did dabble in a lot of stuff. So first, uh, I guess got a kind of Minecraft update. Uh, I still haven't gotten back into my single-player world. And... DevCraft, while fun and interesting, and I'm not giving up on it, just wasn't where I needed to be at the moment. So, like, DevCraft server is is a really cool place, but it, it really is. Mods are in and out and in and out. People, you know, they're kind of bringing in whatever the community wants installed. They're dropping whatever's been nobody's using or causing stuff to lag. And there's a lot of tests. And just because of the way the server is set up, like, the server reboots all occur... Like right when I'm about to log in, just by the nature of like when I play in Australia. Right. So it, it it just yeah it, it just ends up being the the times that there's restarts and when there's people on are when I'm not on. And, and what had happened is I got it, so I started seeing I wanted to do build something different because in my solo world I'm building kind of these traditional medieval style things and. In the DevCraft, I was going to build this cool steampunk thing, and it just totally fell apart. It My idea was too big for what I had available to me, and I just wasn't feeling it. So I started looking, and, you know, with all of your talk of, of WoW and stuff, I'd kind of, you know, gone and looked. And somehow I had stumbled into, uh, several weeks back, I had found the guy that did the, like, super mega orc build, right? And I had mm. shared that with you. But I, I just thought about that, and I was like, well, what other kinds of orky kind of things... Are people doing in Minecraft? Found some really cool builds. Started doing a couple of them in the DevCraft server, but then I wanted to actually do like smaller builds, and I started wanting to roleplay it. I basically wanted to make a grand scale RTS in Minecraft <laughs> to the point where I was actually talking with the devs about potentially building a mod because I wanted an orc village, but I didn't want to force them all to have orcs skinned as the villagers, right? Because that would be like just a data pack would reskin all villagers into orcs. So I was talking with them about what it would it take because they're all devs. So I'm like, what is it going to take for me to learn how to mod and potentially do a mod that would either apply skins or do something to make orc villages happen? And talked about it for a little bit and and seriously entertained the idea, but I really wasn't in a coding mood. Really, I was in a creative mood. I wanted to build orky structures, but the orky structures I wanted to build. I had to build either a size scaled up so they were unrealistically large or I just couldn't build mm. because I wanted to build like kind of detailed but small things and like tents and stuff. And I, and I made the one, like the couple that you'd seen, but they, and they were decent. They were copied from other people's ideas with my own flair on it and stuff, but it just wasn't satisfying my creative urge. And I was like, I'm feeling orky. I'm feeling like I just want something that is hides and bones and you know look kind of low tech kind of survivally you know i honestly thought about getting 
another excuse for me to try to get Matt Colville's Kickstarter book, uh, Strongholds and Followers for D&D, because I could mm-hmm. literally like single player out a Civ slash RTS kind of thing. I, I honestly think I can can make a Civ game out of D&D <laughs> that, that okay. is playable in a Civ game kind of way uh, without being too rules heavy. But I was just like, no, I don't want to spend any money because, you know, we've got some other things that we're trying to save up for. And so I talked to you about it. I was like, man, I'm just really stuck because I, I want, I want, I, for the first time, I know what the game experience I want is, but I don't know what game fits that. And after you attempted to get me into WoW for the umpteen zillionth time, um, you'd su- just want to be I know, friends. I know. know. Um, you had suggested a number of games. There was a there was a kerfuffle on what game and what order and what we were talking about. It took us a little bit to, to edge in, but we we talked about a couple of different games um, in the the Warhammer series. There's Warhammer Total War and there's Vermintide. Um, Warhammer Total War, while awesome and providing the kind of orky experience from a tactical standpoint that I wanted. Uh, one was a little bit too mind heavy. I just, I think I was tired the night that I was trying to play it and I just did not want to think that much about, you know, there's not a lot of hand holding. It's a lot of like, well, the, the game is just really complex. You'll figure it out or wiki it. Like they don't teach you what you need to know at all. And they're like, move your, you guys with right click and try to flank. And meanwhile, there's a whole four X like just there. <laughs> But so I, I played through a little bit of that, and I think I I failed by like turn three. I had a pretty big failure. I was like, that means I just need to start over, and I don't really want to do that. So, uh, not gonna happen. And right. uh, so yeah, that that just wasn't really what I wanted to do. And then we discovered through both Vermintide and and a couple of other games that I had gone through and kind of looked at. That uh, my gaming PC is, well, it's not a PC, it's my gaming laptop, is starting to age to the point where it just is the minimum system requirements for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, like like CPU-wise, it's fine, but the video card is, it, it is a desktop video card in a laptop, which is awesome that it, it gives me as good a graphics as it has for most games. Um, but if I play like a this year release game, it's... Sometimes I mean it did Borderlands pretty well, um, but it can have snags here and there. And apparently there was a whole mess of issues with drivers and Windows updates and a bunch of things on my. I almost I almost bricked my machine over the weekend <laughs> trying to get games to work. Mm-hmm. Um, but finally landed on uh, Far Cry Primal because um, I wasn't wanting. You know, the, I, I wanted more of the kind of getting in and and just enjoying the, the survival aspect of things. And I had kind of mentioned to you Far Cry Primal because I was looking at it and, um, you know, you had come back and said, well, you know, you, you thought that it was a pretty solid game and you thought that it might be what I'm looking for. So I got it installed and... <laughs> Minus a really long conversation about continued PC trouble (laughs) of it took a a couple of days for me to get it to quit crashing because I loved the game, but it was very obviously a software glitch crashing because it would happen in the same spot. 
And come to find out, it was just an update on my PC that was missing that was causing issues. I don't know. There's still trouble with the fact that it has, it still tries to install itself every time. And I looked up solutions on like, there's a registry key for most games that you can set for like the VC cred and the registry distribution folders. Because it goes through and like the Steam pop up where it's like installing C compiler, one of two, like shows up for like a half second every time and user account control mm. gets in the way. But all the solutions that I saw for it, and I looked pretty deep into, like, like there's a site that you can go to where it'll say what the game is going to check for when it launches. So you can find out what registry keys to add. And right. it, just, it doesn't have anything listed for Primal. Like, it has everything. I have everything set up right. And for, like, a little bit, I got it to work. Um, and it stopped asking me, user account control? And then I woke up the next morning to my computer just blue screened at some point overnight which is super mm. awesome. And I restarted it and I guess it just restore pointed and I didn't, I stopped caring. I just click the okay button now. <laughs> it's, I have to click the okay button three times. And after that, I'm good. So that's what I'm doing now. And, it, and otherwise now I actually get to play. So right, <laughs> onto, right. onto the playing. Well, before you jump too much into, um, Far Cry Primal, because there aren't any orcs in that. Um, I do want to talk a bit about the orc stuff that we were was discussing. So the 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 Minecraft in Minecraft is where you initially kind of caught the orky, we'll call it bug, um, and so you made some pretty cool structures. Like you made like a little orc encampment or whatever in Minecraft. Right. Now was that in a single player or was that on the that Dev was on the Devcraft server? server. Because, okay, yeah, that was yeah. the other thing, is I didn't want to build it on my single craft server because I didn't have it. It didn't fit into my story. So, like, mm. it, it, the where I was going with my roleplay, it just kind of didn't feel right to include an orc encampment in there because it just... And I, I, we had kind of spoken off, you know, on the other side where it was like, you thought, well, like, why don't I just discover it? And part of... I can't just stumble into a build because I document... Every couple few days, I'm writing in my journal. So I either have to build the entire build in three days, or I have to like pause the in-game timer or reset it back to a certain tick mark or something. And that just felt mm -hmm. everything else I was tracking, like the real dev time. And so I felt like I didn't want right. to do that unjustly. So right. I... I I didn't want to build them in single player. So I built them in the dev server, but I didn't really build want to build them in dev server because it's, a, it's a dev craft server. So there's no, it, the server can crash at any moment. People are supposed, it does crash fairly often because people are testing things and trying to break it so they can improve their mods. And so it was just, it, it wasn't the right place to do it. And like I said, I didn't get the fidelity that I wanted to get. I wanted to get a lot higher detail. Like I was ready to make things out of clay or, or do some sculpting right. or something. Like I just, the only problem with that is I didn't want to have a bunch of knickknacks on a shelf again <laughs> of just orky, random orky buildings on a shelf for no reason. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think that, I mean, I, I definitely get the, uh, <laughs> Which is strange because it's a very, it's a very niche thing to desire, if you will. But it turns out that orcs are just cool. And while in, I don't know, mainstream gaming culture at least, 
I would say that the World of Warcraft orcs are probably the most popular or recognizable. The Warhammer orcs are are just cooler. I mean, the or, the 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 Warcraft orcs are kind of in the same vein. I mean, they're not. There is a lot of differences. I don't mean to say that they're similar, but just in the way that they act, they kind of have the like brutish. Um, I don't know fight first yeah. barbarian they, pirate they've definitely thing. diverged a lot i love both and i think that like during like the warcraft one and two era they were a lot closer and now yeah. the the warcraft orcs have actually are like civilized they're like right kind of shamanistic they have and... a civilized manner they're not all fight first well and like the green skins in warhammer are actually just like kind fungus, of yeah right? they're or maybe that's the well, 40k version. Blurred. I don't, I don't know. know too much about if how close the fantasy versus the 40k ones are, so I can't speak to that. I like the 40k mm. version, like their lore, and I will would apply that to a fantasy setting. But they're they're a psychic fungus, yeah. Where like yeah. the more of them there are, the more intense their psychic power is, but they don't know about it. So they just think, so like, if all of them believe that painting something red makes it go faster, it literally goes faster because they imbue it with, like, magic psychic energy. Like, that's their spell. Right. Not because it's, it's red, but because they all believe it's red. And, right. and I just love... Or believe that red makes exactly. it faster. Exactly. Believing that red makes it faster. Right. Or believing that this hunk of random pieces of metal that they've just hammered together with a tooth in it is a laser gun. It becomes a laser gun if there's enough of them, like, which I think mm. is just, it's kind of this fun flair and they're very angry British <laughs> voiced, which is yeah. also fun. The most experience I had with Warhammer orcs would probably be in Warhammer online. Surprise, surprise the MMO. Um, and we, I played as a green skin. I played as a goblin, not an orc, but, uh, but yeah, they're basically soccer hooligans. <laughs> yes, Britain. drunk soccer hooligans. And, <laughs> right, and yeah, they're super hilarious. They're, but that's fair. They're much dumber than the war, Warcraft. Right. Um, but yeah, so well, so I'm curious though. So you are a, you know, it's, it's crazy. And it's why, I mean, we'll we'll probably be able to record podcasts about gaming forever because there are so many games. And there are so many games that are actually quality titles. And it's just literally not possible to play all of them unless we were able to just full-time dedicate right. to <laughs> just sitting and playing. And even then, I don't know. Um, but, I mean, you're a Warhammer mm -hmm. fan. You're a tabletop strategy fan. You're a 4X yep. fan. You're a Civilization mm -hmm. fan. You're a RTS fan. And yet you've never played a Total War game, yep. which kind of combines a lot of ideas from all those different things. And so... I'm way pickier about fantasy games, though. I think is... is... Well, Total War is not normally fantasy, though. Total, Total War is almost exclusively prior to that. Which is why definitely why I wouldn't have played it. Yes, <laughs> I actually fair. don't play Civ game like Civ. I don't play as much of. I didn't play Civ until you got me into Civ with like, yeah. Oh like wow, really? Five, yeah, five. Um, yeah. I think my oh, dad played no Civ. Idea. Um, but we both he and I, yeah. I would play Master of Orion or Space Empires right. or any of those before I would play you know, Civ. Outpost was good. Oh. Um, well, so as someone who 
doesn't play the Total War games, so you have no bias going into right. it whatsoever, of course. And I know that you didn't play for a super long time, but what did you think about, like, did like did the art, what did you think the art was cool? Like, what did you think about Total War Warhammer as someone who hasn't I, played I Total I think I War want games? to, I definitely want to give it another shake. I just have to be in a better mood for it. I think, <laughs> really, my, my thoughts were overwhelmed. Um, okay. Because, and I had this problem a little bit, at least this problem I'm about to speak to, with um, the Dawn of War series, which is that the animation mm. is amazing. But I don't have time to look at the animation, because if I'm looking at the animation, I'm dying. Like, it's, we talked about it with StarCraft, but it's, it's even more of that, because the battle's a little bit slower. I don't have to be constructing units, but I should be repositioning things, checking what types of units on the enemy side are coming at me, and figuring out... You know, unless I'm just overwhelmingly going to win the battle, then I can zoom in. But I was even fighting with mouse controls on the camera because the camera controls weren't what I was used to. And the zoom out, you could only zoom out so far before it would take you to a mini map. But the camera angle, you couldn't adjust the angle as much. I don't know. I was fiddling again. I probably only put like 30, 45 minutes into it, put 45 minutes to an hour somewhere in there. And sure. Uh. You did do a battle. Oh yeah, no, I did a couple. Battle. I did a few battles. So that's what I was curious is just aesthetically. Oh, was gorgeous! That it, it was really good, except for I don't know. At least in the open, because I did like the castle battle is the first one that you do. You have to like siege a castle, and then a couple of open battles is what I'd done. I don't know how much terrain comes in. Like, do you ever? Are there ever battles across a river or something like? Yeah, I don't know in Warhammer how it works. I don't remember anymore. Um, in most Total War games, and I want to say this is true in Warhammer, but I might be wrong. I th- actually, I think in Warhammer this might not might not be the case because Warhammer Warhammer is a departure from Total War in in many ways. Actually, um, it was definitely their opportunity to like try a whole bunch of new stuff out because it's this totally different you know concept of of a game. Um, because it's Warhammer based. So they, you know, like adding magic and hero units and and all that kind of stuff had never really been done before. And something that is true largely in them though, is that wherever you're at on the world map, that's the battlefield that you fight on. So if your unit's standing over a river in the world map and you fight, then there's a river in the middle of the battlefield when you fight. Um, and again, I don't remember if that's true in Warhammer or not, because I know Warhammer created a lot of really cool, like for lack of a better term, almost like set piece battlefields that just have some awesome looking right. stuff in them. But I think because of that, if I'm not mistaken, they kind of recycle them more often. So there's not as much diversity in the battlefields. Um, anyway, I was just curious and I wanted to talk about this, a, 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 the little bit that we have here, just because I love the Total War series. I think it's super, super cool. I think it's one of the coolest strategy series out there. For anyone that hasn't checked it out, like I said earlier, it's a mix of all these games, and that's because, as Brett said, it plays like a 4X, you know, civilization kind of game. And then when you do battles, it zooms into the battlefield. Now you're in a real-time strategy battle. Um, A couple of things I would say, not that this is supposed to be tutorial time, (laughs) but but in case anyone else is curious as well... um, a, you can pause the battles. So unlike StarCraft, at any time you can hit pause and really kind of look and see what's going on and then issue a command and pause again. So certainly take advantage of that. 
Um, the other thing that I, I didn't tell you <laughs> that day because I didn't remember until after you'd already committed to playing it and you were already so frustrated with, <laughs> with your gaming PC situation. Uh, it turns out Greenskins is actually just one of the hardest races in Total War <laughs> <course>. Warhammer. <laughs> well, and the reason is just because it's it has a mechanic. A, none of its units are really that strong. So like with the dwarf units, which is probably who you were fighting, they're all super beefy and strong. And the orc units are meant to be more right, skirmishy. Like mass or skirmish. Right. And like hit and run and that kind of stuff. But if, but even like the black orc, which is like the big tanky two-handed sword one, if you just stand them and have them fight with whatever the beefy dwarf soldier is, they just right. get rolled. Um, and one of the unique mechanics that, again, I don't know if it actually had showed you yet or not, but is that your... I don't remember what the mechanic is called, but there's basically a mechanic which will, on the campaign map, generate an NPC-controlled wall, right. as they call it, army. And so a lot of the orc power curve, if you want to call it that, is designed around you having this second throwaway right. army. When you hit stuff, you're just you're just completely overwhelming things. And not that it's like super hard to get your head around, but to your point, the game does not. I mean, it. I sucked super bad at the green. Well, and when it I just first started playing it. It really. It was less decade. that. Like, I'm. I'm fine with the mechanic wise, like being difficult or whatever, and trying to play to the race. It was more. There were so many other. Like one of the things, like the quest that had me was like, uh, build one of these structures in, in my base. But it was like the second or third one. Like I did the first, like build the first structure, and it was the second. Mm -hmm. It was like the tech building, and it was like. I went to go to try to build it because that's my quest and it's like complete the previous building in the tree to unlock. But it, mm. it, it from my vision, it's the first building in the tree. And I'm mm. like, I do not. And I'm like, I look at all, everything I hover over says, build the first building in the chain. And I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. It actually right. means the, the base, the fort itself needed to be level two. Ah, that was right, but that was not what it said. <laughs> it said build right, the first building right, in the. Right. I'm like, so that like it was some of those things that were kind of, and it was like I needed more yeah. population. Didn't know how to get population. It didn't. It's like it skipped a step in the tutorial. Like you've either got a hundred percent handhold me or not. <laughs> like you can't yeah. handhold me for the first ten clicks of the game and then skip thirty and just expect me to know where to go. And again, yeah. to its point, it may be that you're supposed to play the Empire first, and they have a better tutorial, and once you understand that, then you can go do other things. I don't know. I, it didn't stop me from know. trying to play Orcs. It didn't tell me that they yeah. were going to be harder. Like, No, and it doesn't. And it, I mean, I only know that because, again, I, as someone who tried to play it like every other Total War game... Uh, I failed pretty quickly, so <laughs> I'm I, I I get it. Um, and then one other thing I wanted to mention that's I, and I don't even know really how much discussion there is here, but it's just something that uh, clearly anyone who listens to us knows that mostly when we talk about gaming, we game on PC. Now I personally own a PlayStation Four, and I have an old 360 that I never boot up anymore. So I, I not that I don't have don't ever play console games, but largely it's PC gaming. And it's just, it, I was just thinking earlier today because you had a 
really a string. It of was a long. It luck. was not just one day. It was like I, yeah. I had taken off a few extra days from work just to have some time off, and it was literally I would have been less stressful if I would have just gone to work. <laughs> right, right. But it's like it's it's interesting because PC, I would argue is the best gaming platform because there is such a wide variety. I mean, you can't play Factorio right. on a console or Starcraft right? really or total war, yeah. you know, like there are so many yeah, and Starcraft better example, unless it's an N64. Right. Then get, and then but still, you're not getting, you're not getting anywhere. <laughs> no. But, but so it's like PC offers so many options and it, and, and because of that, I, you know, again, I would say it's the, the best gaming platform and not that you can only have one, um, but man, it, it comes with a set of risks that you just don't encounter. Like my 360 is much older than your gaming right. PC, right? But assuming that there's nothing just hardware-wise broken, I can turn on the 360 and play a game for it probably for a long time. Yeah, you know what I, I mean. mean? Granted, it, I didn't notice any of these problems with my PC. Until I tried to, because to, to the point, you're not trying to put an Xbox One game into your 360. Like, if I, like all of the games that I had been playing, even, you know, even coming to up to like Far Cry Primal, I know we're not there yet, but like I'm playing them on ultra settings. I have everything jacked through the roof. I'm just not playing. And even, I mean, Borderlands was the Borderlands 3, I didn't have maxed out, um, but I had it at a decently high level. And and but most of the games I've been playing lately have been Minecraft or indie titles or five or ten years old. Sure. Well, and I don't even mean simply that the risk is just that you could be playing with old hardware. But but to your point, because otherwise it is working and you are playing modern games like Borderlands, which just came out. But you just you just never know when you're going to run into something like you ran into. And it's so frustrating. Like, I think there's still (laughs) I think there's more of a risk now with modern consoles, because, I mean, because I thought about that too. I, I had I was thinking to myself, like, gee, consoles are so much more stable. And I was like, no, I mean, like, what was it? Anthem that was bricking PS4s, like a hundred one. There was a, a very recent uh, game that was released that they released an update for, and as soon as the update came out, they were telling people to not turn their P- their PS4s on and not play the game and not update it because it was a hundred percent blue screening them. You have to, and like, mm. and at that point, like, if you blue screen a PC, you can get in there and fix it. Like, it, it can be hard and it can suck, but you can plot. You've got a keyboard, you know. You can, but like, if you brick a PlayStation, you're done. Like, right. that's right. It. Yeah, yeah. That's I think true. there's more risk of that. I think in, you know the 360 and PlayStation two and three era. Uh, probably less so, but I think as they become more modern and more internet connected, and as companies try to push games out faster because they can depend on live services to to update them, I think that they're a little less. Uh, they're able to cut more corners, which can get more dangerous. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, to be fair, even the 360 era had the That's red true. ring of death, yeah. right? So. It's it's not it's not that console consoles are a perfect solution, and that's not what I mean no. to imply. Just that, like, I, again, you can just run into. I mean, even a few weeks ago, or maybe it was longer than that now. But when you were trying to do Minecraft with mods, it wasn't a matter of anything to do with your PC not working correctly, but just like 
you couldn't get all of that right. stuff. Some combination correctly. of other people's code didn't work out well. Yeah, and on a console, I mean, I guess there's some modding on consoles now with like Fallout 4, yeah. I know had it, and maybe Skyrim does, but there's just a, there's not as much possibility and as such that I think there's not as much yeah. risk. I think that's uh, fair. I, I think it but, is true. And I think there's a lot of other things you're doing on Like, you don't get to choose to delay updates on a PlayStation. If it's connected to the internet, it updates, you know? Uh, yeah. I, I was running purposefully running aged drivers to get certain aspects to work on my pc because of the fact that it's using a desktop card in a laptop the registry key settings on it every time i updated would go back and forth between whether it actually detected it as a desktop or a laptop which would change all Mm. of my like my ability to record and edit and do video work and stuff it would it would if it detected it as the laptop version it would cap my video card and it would just stop like between one update and another would be the difference between me playing a game and not. But if I flip that registry key setting, it detects it as a desktop card and actually it would like half the power on it basically because it Hmm. thinks, Oh, other laptops can't do this kind of, but it's like my laptop was designed to use this. It has a massive power brick designed for this to run this card. So, like, please mm-hmm. just leave it up. But I don't know. So it's a mess. So I, I was running a bunch of tiddly-winked settings to curtail my experience the way I wanted to experience things. But, like you said, that opens me up to more risk. I have more power yeah. to overclock, to, you know, adjust settings, to adjust file and storage. And there's a lot more that I do on my PC than just game. You know, mm-hmm. but everything that I add to it is another thing that could cause a problem. Right. So this takes us to you were in your story. You so you get through trying to play Total War, finally get the computer to a reasonably working state, and then jump into Correct. Far Cry Primal. And to preface, I, I figured out we had to discuss for a while to figure out where I was in the Far Cry series. The last Far Cry game I played was Far Cry 2 on, mm. the, was that 360? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't get through that game because, funnily enough, a save game bug that every time I loaded a save, it would delete my, like, that save. And so if I died, and it wouldn't save anything else, so if I died, it would load the last save, which was further back, and as soon as I loaded that, that would get deleted. And I didn't realize this, because I was wondering, what is going on? Every save I load was different in some different part of the story, and I was like, I don't know where I'm at anymore. Deleted 12 hours of gameplay in 10 minutes, uh, as I'm... A lot of risk. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that was the last Far Cry game that I'd played. I had heard of many okay. others, and I've heard a lot of stories from people at various jobs or whatever that were getting into Far Cry 4, 5, or whatever, 3, 4, 5, as they were playing through various different aspects and things that they'd done with the games. So I was somewhat familiar with the series, but not not very personal. So I jump into Primal, which is also a, a pretty big deviation from the series, which is generally a more modern game, and we're going back to 10,000 mm-hmm. BC. Um, mm-hmm. But I was immediately blown away. There are so many things this game does right. Um, to, to just start out with, it, it, it is very, I mean, it's a beautiful game. It's immersive. And like 
the characters don't speak English. It's all subtitled mm-hmm. with this kind of custom mm-hmm. stone. Yeah, it's, it's a, a made-up made up language, language, but it, it it has cadence to it, and it has a lot of things are right. Mm-hmm. I think they could have done a they could have taken a lot of things for everything that they did right. I wish they would have taken it a step further. They did a lot of like I will praise Far Cry Primal for a lot of things, but I still feel like it was a very safe play even though it was a more quote-unquote risky turn for the series, right? It's still yeah. very much so a Ubisoft Far Cry game. Um, yeah. It's just not a shooter outside of you can throw your spear and club and you can shoot a bow and arrow, but it's not a traditional shooter. Um, right. But all of the risks that it took it did very well. I wish they would have taken them one step further. Like the subtitles really wish they would just bring the subtitles in as the character speaks, because there's a lot of times where there are long pauses as this character you can tell is trying to think of words, like the right thing to say, and it's already spelled out at the bottom. And the whole game is in subtitles. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't get to turn subtitles off. So it kind of, that ruins part of, like, lean into it. Lean into that language. But it's still awesome that it's there. And... Mm -hmm. Just the the setting, um, it and I did. So you had suggested, hey, play it in survival mode. Um, mm-hmm. you, you, I believe, are playing through survival expert. I went and did survival normal, just because I haven't played a. I, I didn't want a super hard experience. I didn't want something that was just a walk in the park. But I wanted a, a decent experience. Figured normal is what normal is. It's what the devs expect. So there. And mm-hmm. but survival mode removes the mini map. It um, limits the number of places you can get health buffs. Uh, if you if your pet dies in combat and you either cannot revive it or you also die, then it is removed from your inventory and you have to go tame a new version. Um, mm-hmm. Which more often than not, it's not me being unable to revive it. It's me getting killed right after it gets killed. Um, which has right. happened more, more than once. I miss you, Ursa, lots. But <laughs> that was bear number one. <laughs> Ursa nice. lots got Ursa lost, but, you know. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I, I, I love it. I love everything about the game. I think that it, it's very interesting, especially early on. Early in that game... You really it, it feels like a real survival game for a survival light game. I mean, there's you don't have a hunger meter health just refills your food, but you do have a stamina meter and things like fast travel require you to use up resources to fast travel to locations, which I think is just a, an amazing, you know, aspect of the game of of having a cost for fast travel, I think is just something that a lot of games don't do. Um, so that was really cool to see the lack of a mini map made it like, you ha- I, you still have a regular map and you still have a pointer. So I pull up the map quite a bit just to turn around and see if I'm facing the right direction. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that they, again, could have leaned into that if they also would have, which did bother me, uh, North in game points to the upper right corner of the map. Like the map, the map is not faced north south, which bothers me because I wanted, I was getting immersed. 
And I was like, oh, well, I'll just track with the sun, right? So I, like, look up, look where the sun is. Okay, the sun's going to set there. And, the, and it, so this is north. The, I'm going to face the setting sun. That's west. Face the setting sun, open the map. I'm facing diagonally. I'm like, oh, mm. that – come – you guys so close, guys. Come on. Like, just rotate. Sure. G- give me the map north-south. Make it – Make it hand drawn on the back of a piece of deer skin. Like, don't give me the detail. I I want to I, I want to be immersed, you know. And but all of that said, it's still like I said, it's a really good game. Have having not played a Far Cry in a long time, it, it definitely still plays like a, a Far Cry slash Ubisoft game. But I think the mechanics make more sense there. Like. I don't remember if it was Far Cry 3 or 4 where you, you know, you're killing alligators to skin them and using alligator skin to upgrade your wallet. Pretty okay. sure it's both. Well, that doesn't, you're not, yep. I, I can't get into that. Like, it doesn't, I get it, I get it, but I also, like, from a game mechanic, that's fine, but from, like, a immersion perspective, that doesn't do anything for me. I'm not upgrading my wallet so it can hold more money. Like, whatever. <laughs> Um, but in primal, you're, you start with a crummy club. You are upgrading your club. You are upgrading your spear. You know, it takes better feathers to make a better quiver so you can hold more arrows or something. Right. So you, you actually at least feel somewhat like the resources that you are acquiring, you know, you're hunting animals for meat that you are, and that's how you regenerate health. You're skinning them for hide, and that's how you make weapons. Your weapons all deteriorate and break, and and or you throw them, and sometimes you can't retrieve them, or you throw them and they break, and you have to make more. You have to have – you don't start with a belt. You carry one club and one bow and, like, three arrows because that's you have two hands. So when you make mm-hmm. a belt and you can carry more than one spear – blows your mind you're like oh man i'm just i'm a god now i can carry two spears i'm gonna kill i can throw them now because when you only have one spear if you throw it and you miss or it takes more than one Mm -hmm. shot then you have either your bow or a club and so you don't want to throw it because it's a really good weapon but once you can have two or three now you can take those risks and i I definitely Mm -hmm. that's a power curve that I thought was very unique because it's not like I'm Mega Man upgrading my gun. Like the power mm-hmm. comes literally from me being able to have two of something. And that was mm-hmm. just wild. I, I, I loved it. I loved that experience. And that's something that you don't get in, in a lot of survival games from that aspect, right? Like even like your rusts and your arcs, you're, you're still ending up leveling up to the point where you get machine guns. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah, I think that um, I think that that Far Cry Primal is a really interesting game. Um, I have not completed it, and I don't actually know if I'm even as far as you are in at this point. I don't think I am, but uh, yeah, Far Cry Primal is very much a, a Far Cry game, uh, especially if you've played, you know, the last few. Obviously, yourself haven't played since two, and it's changed. Right. I would say quite a bit since then. Um, but you're not wrong in your take on. I mean, your your take on Far Cry Primal, I think, is actually just kind of the the zeitgeist, if you will, take on Far Cry Primal, and it's that it's an interesting game because of the setting and because of the things they do, like 
the the way that you upgrade your power like you're talking about well now where i carry two spears whereas it's rare that like a game is like well now you can put 20 bullets in your pistol instead of 10 and that's a big upgrade like that's not really what you right it may be a little upgrade that you sure get, but it doesn't change you don't wow yourself right you don't go this means i can shoot twice as long mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't, it's not that moment. The way in, like, Far Cry it was, for me, every, at least for a while, for the first few significant upgrades, every one of them was very big deal. Right, yeah. No, I mean, I would, I mean, when I got to the point where I was able to upgrade my quiver to 16 arrows, that was huge, because mm-hmm. now I finally actually have enough that I can take shots at things, and if I miss, I'm not devastated, whereas prior right. to that, I've got four arrows, and I have to constantly try and run behind something and craft more and all that. Or literally, like, kill a guy, run up, pull the arrow out of them to kill somebody. Like, you have one arrow that you're chaining between dudes. Right. Like... <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. So Far Cry 1 actually came out in 2004. Um, and it came out, I want to say, in the spring of 04. And that was the year that okay. Doom 3 was coming out and that Half-Life 2 was coming out. So those were, like, the two mm-hmm. most hyped games of all time as far at, at yep. that time. And as far as shooters, they're supposed to be these revolutionary things. Doom had this crazy lighting engine that they were showing off for Doom 3. Half-Life had a physics engine they were showing off for Half-Life 2. And then out of nowhere, which I didn't follow gaming as closely as I do now, so maybe there was something about it. But I read a couple of magazines and stuff at the time, and I hadn't heard anything about Far Cry. And it just kind of dropped. And it turns out that the original Far Cry was made by the same people who went on to make Crisis. So, as you can imagine from the way Crisis looked, the original right. Far Cry was incredible for its time. Like, and it was the first game I ever played that allowed the kind of open world flexibility that we now just kind of expect from games like Far Cry or or Crisis mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, and then Far Cry Two took kind of a it's it's kind of a weird game. Um, there's a lot of weird mechanics. Like like if you find an AK there's a quality rating to the AK and so it can jam and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then far cry three is where the series really kind of rebooted itself and far cry three, which I I don't, I think you said you hadn't played it, but I bet you would remember if you were to look up the villain because there were, there were ads for it that were very um, remarkable at the time, I guess you could say. Right. Well, and like I said, I I think Far Cry 3 is probably the one that I remember hearing the most yeah. about because it was the first one that introduced those survival mechanics, right? Yeah, where you're like skinning stuff to make a new wallet, right. whatever, right? As far mm-hmm. as I know. Yeah. And a lot of people were talking about like, oh my god, I got attacked by this or that, or I yeah. got to skin a, a, a lion or something. And, and Right. Yeah. And and really 3 and 4 are are different plots, but they're basically both you go to some remote island and that island is ruled by some evil crazy person and you set out to overthrow them throughout the game but they're really really pretty games also and they're and that's one thing that the far cry series has has always in my opinion done really well even though it's not the crisis guys anymore you know since the first one um right. they create some really cool worlds and they do create some really immersive um, environments and and like in Far Cry Primal, the sound design is excellent. Like, oh yeah. So so I wanted to tell. So I've been saving this. So the other day, speaking of sound design, you had said like wear wear headphones because you almost stepped on a snake, mm-hmm. and it like if it wasn't for your headphones, you wouldn't have missed it. 
So I had never encountered a snake. And I've been I've been playing I put in I kinda no life Far Cry Primal because I had extra days mm-hmm. off and really got into it and just having a blast with it. Well, never encountered a snake. And I'm like, I've never seen how am I farther than you and never seen a snake, right? Literally probably 15 minutes after our conversation go get my nice like nice over the ear headphones uh put them on and literally have a mission in a cave and the first thing in the cave is a snake that i almost step on (laughs) and it's like the whole cave is centered around like avoiding these snakes Mm. and i just thought it was hilarious that like it was because of me wearing the headphones like i put them on and the first thing i encounter is this snake in the grass i'm like that's right But no, it's it's sound design is immaculate, and there's the graphics, of course, are really mm-hmm. good. I can run them on ultra because it's a three year old game or whatever. So. Right. <laughs> so my PC is good enough. It was top of the line when I got it, but it's just like there are some of the other things that I love. I wish more games did this. Is when you load up the game as kind of part of the loading screen thing. It just retells the story of where you are. Up to that point, right. Up to that point, yeah. And it gives you snippets of the animatics, it tells your story, and it's skippable. Like it's not it's not a required loading thing, but I think it's kind of tandem loading. But it's just like that's awesome. So if you pick up the game, like I'm sure when you picked it up back up, you haven't played in it at least a couple of months or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean I would like to know, did you find that helpful? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I was super happy because I forgot that was a feature. And I haven't played since probably like April, uh, which we're okay. recording this in December. So, <laughs> um, and yeah, it, it, it was it was cool immediately to see that information because I, I knew roughly that I had started a village and that we were doing something, but I didn't remember exactly and to your point, it's not some super labored thing either. It's pretty. It's just some quick highlights of like, yeah, this is it's where like we a are. Thirty second highlight mm-hmm. reel of who your character is and what they've done so far. But it also like, and I, I don't know how much because I, I did hit a point where it had showed me some clips of video from some events that hadn't happened hmm. yet, which I was a little disappointed by. But I also don't know how much of it because it. there's there's a split there's a point where you can go in two different directions as far as advancing the main story and i think you end up advancing both of them but i would be really interested to see if that story retelling is contextual to those branches right like if you advance one of them further without advancing the other because i think i kind of advance them at the same time and I, i i don't know it's just it's interesting that the way they're presenting the story is the way that i'm doing it so they're either doing a really good job of subconsciously guiding me in that direction, or there's some contextuality to it. And I would be really interested to know what that, which one is right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that, um, I, like I said, I think primals and, 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 and a, a very well-made game and a good time. I think that it is more so if you haven't played all of the other far cries because it's kind of derivative of three and four, which it's the next one that came out after right. four. And I don't know how I haven't ever actually played five, which takes place in the U S but it's right. back to modern technology and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think that, uh, I think that primal is it, it, it to all of your points are valid. It, it's a, it, it's unfortunate. Cause I, I, I kind of get to some extent, 
the developer's kind of problem that they're stuck in, which is that they're making a Far Cry game. So that brand has a set of expectations of kind of what that Right. There's a certain set of things that go into it. Right. And so it's like, on the one hand, if they just make a total survival game, fine. But then that's not a Far Cry game. Right. And And the name is what's going to sell it. And, like, the survival mode was actually added post-launch, you know? Like it didn't... Right, and I think that's... The, I believe that's the way to play the game, right. really, for, for my opinion. I mean, that's how... I, and, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say, and not think of it like a Far Cry game. Which, it can be hard to not see it like a like a Ubisoft game. It definitely is more Ubisoft, maybe, than even Primal, but, or than even a Far Cry game, but... Yeah, and, I mean, well, honestly, Far Cry and Assassin's Creed are both two genre or two not genres but brands of ubisoft games that i think are excellent i mean i own literally every assassin's creed game except odyssey which is the most recent one and i have played none of the assassin's creed games but the minute i got the owl in far cry primal i was like oh this is assassin's creed right yeah like and it's like i haven't even played any of them and i it's like i'm still immersed in the culture and i'm pretty sure primal did it first Oh think. really? Because the 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 flying companion is not until Assassin's Creed Origins, which I don't know. We I'd have to look up the release dates. But, yeah, <laughs> but it's it's close because Primal is not brand new. I mean, Primal's a few years old. Yeah, it, it's like a 2016 title. Yeah, I think. that might be pretty close to when Origins came out. I don't know. Either way, um, it's still it's still that flavor. I and the thing is, is I know it from Assassin's right. Creed. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have played Assassin's Creed and been like, oh, that's in Far Cry. Right, Battle. right, right. Like, but yeah, but they both do both games do kind of the same thing, despite being very different games and different genres and and you know even camera perspectives and everything. But both of them provide a lot of ways for you to run around and upgrade stuff like your wallet size or your how many weapons you can carry or whatever the case is. And both of them create these really fascinating worlds that are very, very fun to kind of get lost in and very, very much easy to get immersed in. But then they both also do, which supposedly origins, which I haven't played a ton of, but origins and odyssey in the Assassin's Creed realm have departed from this, I guess, to some extent or at least tried to, but they, they both saturate the, the world map with objectives, which is cool because there's a lot of stuff to go do and you have an idea yeah. of where to go to find that stuff. But what happens to me is it, it turns into a thing which there's, because there's so much stuff constantly around that like in Far Cry Primal, I'll log in and be like, oh, I'm going to go do the next, you know, story mission or whatever. And right. then on the way to that, I encounter just the little random pop up events that aren't even missions. They're just right, yeah, just the like somebody's under attack right, right now. So I do that, and then we'll get caught up doing the little missions that are like little orange icons on the map in Primal, yep. and and then play for two hours. And I haven't actually made it to the story mission, which on the one hand is like. <laughs> well, that's cool that you can get lost for two hours and just playing. And it's like, that that's fair. The problem is, is that I don't really see any progression out of that. Exactly. I think what happens is that eats away at the, your, there's kind of a certain amount of 
like time i don't i don't know what to i guess immersion really is it It, it's not immersion it's it's that tediousness factor that we've kind of spoken to which is like there's a certain amount of that that exists in the story to begin with and especially in in far cry primal i mean there is some fast travel options but even with the fast travel you're hoofing it there's no v there's i guess you can get a rideable mount later in the game it's pretty far into the game unless you only go to unlock that but then you're gonna just have terrible skills otherwise and uh so it's just you're walking until you get like even sprinting is going to eat up your stamina which you have to recover by sleeping or eating really good food or whatever so i mean you're just going to be there's a certain level of tediousness tediousness already there and i think that while all those side missions are cool they eat up the attention span that i have for the rest of the game and i have to kind of force myself to know i'm only doing the story missions which then breaks the immersion because then I'm reminding myself that I'm playing a game. Like, no, stick to the story. No, stick to the story. Just go to the marker. Go to the marker. Ignore the... I don't have to save this townsperson. It does, they don't matter. They're just a digital thing. Yeah. Whereas when I'm playing and I'm immersed, I, I want to save that yeah. guy. He's under attack, you know? Like, he's my tribe. It's actually the same thing that happens to me in, in MMOs, which I also love as I talk about them all the time. But it's the... When there's so many quests... Like... For me, especially, and, and and this is I'm not unique in this way. Um, it's rare that I get sucked into a video game story. Like it's pretty right. rare. And so, conversely, then that means that if I'm playing a game, it's because I want whatever the gameplay is, the mechanics. The yeah, loop. and it, it might be mechanics, but it and maybe mechanics is a good enough universal term. But like, I mean, it might be Super Meat Boy, and I'm. I'm really sucked into trying to make the jumps, but it could be civilization right. where there is no timing aspect to it, but I'm still making a bunch of decisions that I think are. Yeah. It's, I mean, I think that's the gameplay. Yeah. Loop. You, 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 and you enjoy the, the crunchy bits of the game. They're all mechanical bits. Whereas I will forgive a game endlessly for its mechanical failures. If its story is engrossing enough. And I, I do think likewise, I will forgive a story if the gameplay is engaging enough, yeah. but there's, there's a fine, I probably forgive more mechanics for story than I do the other way around. Right. Um, unless the game is designed specifically without a story, like so, a, like a, a curb, a meat boy, yeah. which has kind of a story, well, but that's not the yeah. point, a Kerbal space program or something that's even more sandbox. Right. Um, but yeah, it's it, it. What ends up happening? I mean, in MMOs, like I every MMO I play, I'm like, you know what? This time I'm gonna. And I've played over thirty, so <laughs> this is not just a couple of times <laughs> I've tried this. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna read right. the quests, and I'm actually gonna like try and be in this world in that way. And I, I mean, you do hundreds of quests, and it's like a lot care. of them are just bad though, and it's just filler. And that. Or they don't make sense. It it is not immersive. The the quests actually make an MMO less immersive sometimes. Well, and that's what I think is also true with with the Far Cry and the Assassin's Creed games is that to some extent all of the extra stuff, while on the one hand I totally get it, it also can serve. And maybe what you said about the tediousness is true. It's it maybe it almost removes, <laughs> it adds tediousness in one way because there's so much stuff to do. But it also removes the tediousness of needing to like explore to find right where stuff is and 
Well, and and some of it too. So again, it's leaning into. I I, I really wish this wasn't a Far Cry game. Yeah. Because there are things like so one the mini map way too clogged. Even in survival mode, so in normal mode, you can get resources added to the map and other things added to the map so that your map is just full yeah, of Yeah, that's how garbage, Far Cry 3 and 4 maps look, just full. And, like, no, so I want that gone. Like, I almost want there not to be a map, which I thought very early in the game. I was like, because early, early in the game, when you first get the town unlocked, or the village or whatever, you're not venturing very far from it. Oh. You don't have any other fast travel points yeah. until a good chunk into the game. And I'm like, it would be really interesting if I was forced to learn this map by landmarks, like a, like a caveman. Like if, if the map was well enough designed so that I had to learn the map in chunks, yeah. kind of the way that you learn first person shooter levels, you know, like you learn where the good places to hide are, where the good places to hunt are. And I, I toyed with, like, I don't know how far into that I want to lean, but I, I do think that just having less Far Cry in it would make it a better game. Um, because it has so many things right, and that I am afraid. I'm afraid of night in the in the first, mm-hmm. you know, a good chunk of the game, because I can only have one club or two clubs, and your items burn up if you set them on fire. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have the resources to make another one, like you're you're screwed. And, you know, of those things that the game does right, like the you're you're hunting, you know, one of your first missions is to get green leaf for the girl to heal her. I think that the choice of green leaf was wrong. I think that they should have started with like red leaf or blue leaf or something so that it made sense. Cause I'm like, all the freaking leaves are green. If you tell a caveman, go get the green leaves, I'm going to walk outside, pick a leaf and bring it back. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm not going to realize that it's the cactusy looking one that has the press E to grab green <laughs> leaf on it. Like, right. b- but I think it was a cool to lean into that. The items were called green leaf and red leaf. I was frustrated when they were called South, hard maple because i'm like it's not the caveman doesn't have word for maple like give me like southern red tree give me Mm. northern black tree you know like and then and then remove some of the contextual like because the items that you do pick up are like even outside of the hunter vision are kind of highlighted right Mm -hmm. like the blue items are just a hundred percent blue top to bottom and like mushroom looking and they look very out of place it's like okay, that's a collectible, you know? So I, I, you know, I kind of want it to lean into that, but again, too, it's like the game is overly long for what it is. I mean, even if you're just trying to rush the story, it's, it's going to take you a while to get through it, which is fine. But adding more on top of that, I've not understood. A lot of games seem to do this with, with single player games, especially what the idea of like, offering infinite playtime on a single player game that's not a sandbox just doesn't make any sense to me and trying to shoot for that like i'm not going to spend more money in the game like let me may if you if they boiled out all of the ridiculousness and made it into a 40 hour or 60 hour game instead of this like 400 hour experience you know uh i don't know i feel like 
again, it's like take some of that tediousness out. It like instead of being the hero of the village that everybody is like, there was a new baby born. We need you to go pick this special mushroom to feed the baby. Like there's 70 people in my village. Get somebody else to go pick the mushroom. Right. I don't I'm the beast master. I'm going to go take care of the evil tribe. Oh, oh. I don't have time to pick your mushroom or like I think it would be really interesting cuz there is almost a feeling of your tribe does stuff while you're away. Mm-hmm. I think if again, lean into that. You can go on a hunting party with your tribe or your tribe will just go hunting and there will be a stockpile of food, you know? Like Yeah, I wish I really wish that they would and maybe not exactly as it is cuz it's a little <laughs> convoluted in in itself, but like take most at least of what arc is and put it with a single player linear campaign because because arc has so many cool features for this primitive survival kind of stuff and it's like you know in arc you're right you do build up to a machine gun but in arc when you have a wooden spear they have a chance to break still right so like not until you right. get the pike that's metal do you have a spear that won't just shatter randomly. So, and, and I mean, obviously that's just one mechanic, but like it would be so cool if you could have kind of a blend, probably more so than just Ark itself, but like a blend of those two because Ark has such cool survival ideas and such a cool progression path, but the downside of it is it's not designed for single player. It's designed for multiplayer and it's, not really that much fun because it's yeah it could be fun if you knew like 10 people that all wanted to start at the same right. time and you knew them but trying to play on public servers in arc is a nightmare well and just th- there's a lot of other like i find it difficult to find hardwood sometimes mm-hmm. like especially when you don't have the craft multiple arrows out of one piece of wood skill and you do have the like 16 or 20 arrows satchel mm-hmm. You just burn through, or like four spears that take six wood each, or whatever. Like, it you burn through hardwood, and I have all these other things. And it's like there is a player quote unquote inventory. It's not really ex- it's just a pack that you have. You can't you can't manage it. Um, you can add to it, but you can't remove from it. So in your village, which another mechanic that bothers me is that your village does go out and do things, but only in real world days. Mm. Which really bugs me. Like, again, it's this, we need you to return to our game every day to play it. Which is fine if it's a multiplayer game offering microtransactions and you're trying to hook me. This is a single player game with no microtransactions. I'm not going to get hooked. I got the deluxe edition for like eight bucks on sale. It came with things that were supposed to be pre-order only. So bite me with your pre-orders well, sure, in the but game. They didn't, but they didn't, <laughs> I mean, they didn't design it like that when they sold it brand new. Well, obviously they designed it when they designed the game, though. Like, it's just to say, like, those things are unnecessary. I'm still going to play your game. Like, it, it, there's no micro, there's not a microtransaction that I'm going to buy every day in a single-player game. There's not an XP booster or anything. So, like, tying your tribe delivering you goods every physical real-world day versus in-game day is just dumb. Oh, I didn't actually realize that that's how it worked, that it was every real Yeah, world. It's, it, and it took me a while to figure that out, too, but it is physical game day, because I logged in, like, this morning, and I just had infinite things, because it had been a physical day mm. and my try and I've actually played so much that I have a decently sized tribe now and they're just delivering me a crap load of stuff. Mm. 
but it's like that doesn't make it that's immersion breaking to me right yeah so it's like dump that add the su- the survival elements like you said of arc kind of in and i mean it's still a great game it's still a great game as it stands but there's there's pieces where again just take it one step further and you could break the mold yeah we're in a weird space now where and i think that it's funny because i used to not really know where these games belonged but before like back in the early 2000s and prior to that i mean you've always had your triple a titles indie games didn't really exist i mean they did but not in the way that they do now right but, they didn't have a huge space but there was like this like b tier of games that mm-hmm. that weren't triple a in quality but again, weren't just purely indie that were were willing to take some more risks, um, and some real gems have come out of those games. Yeah, uh, like anyway. So we've talked about a few of them. Before. We have, and yeah. that, I don't mean to go off too far. Your most famous, if you think of your most famous indie games, half of them are probably those gems that came out of this era. Yeah. <laughs> well, and so it's like now we're in a space where the indie market thrives right like all sorts mm-hmm. of indie games come out it's actually oversaturated to the point where it's hard to get recognized as an indie because there are so many good indie games coming right out. and even the thing is is that even something like arc is pretty much an indie game i mean yeah right. for a while now they've sold tons of copies so i'm sure that they have a lot of capital at this point oh yeah but it started as an indie right game. and it's so it's like you get into these weird spaces where a triple A title is too, and there's too much money at stake to take all of the right. risks that we would like them to take. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and the indie game might be willing to take all those risks, but there's just not the resources. Yeah. There's no development budget or runway for a sequel. Like well, they, and- they can't fail. If their next game fails, they're just done as a business. Yeah. And well, and there's also just not the, the, the level of, of talent and not because the people that make it aren't like smart. Enough. No, they just don't, they can't afford 400, you know, graphic artists. <laughs> like, a, like a guy who's worked at, you know, a triple a AAA developer that leaves and goes and starts an indie studio. It, it's still not indie in the same, cause they have connections to the industry. They had to get investors. They had to recruit, right. You know, it's different than a group of people getting together and being like, Hey, let's try and make a, Make a game like Mordhau that's on Steam, right. like a chivalry type game. That's what that is. It's just a small collection of people that were like, "We like chivalry. We think we could do it better. Let's do this." And here it is. Right. But so we're just in this weird space where it's, what I'm trying to get to is that I I wish we could have that class B of game be viable. And I, and the reason it's not is because it's not financially viable. Right. But where you could get something that like maybe it doesn't look quite as good as far cry primal actually does because that would be fine it doesn't have to have that level of fidelity and it could still look really good oh yeah it could still be amazing and not be that good right (laughs) but take more of those risks and it not be a far cry title i mean that's the other thing is with just like assassin's creed and now far cry they basically do annual or or biannual launches Mm -hmm. and so there's just an enormous amount of pressure to just get it done also right and uh and yeah it, it's too bad that we we don't have cuz yeah i mean it it was and i think that there is i think there is a growing place for the b level games and i think they are filling it's 
that it's almost going to be sad because the B-level market is going to take the place of the indie market. And indie gems will be even harder because established indie communities will be soaking up a lot of yeah. that like news cycle and stuff, which we're seeing a little bit of. But yeah. I, I think that – but just kind of going back, like hardwood was hard to find, but I'm surrounded by trees. Mm-hmm. And I'm like it's, – it's one of those – it kind of broke my immersion because it's like this is a – this is a limiting game mechanic that's only here to be limited. Yes. There's not an actual reason for it. I see somebody carrying sticks back to my village. Let me have a couple of those. I'm the beast master. Gimme. Like, I agree. Or I'm just going to tear some of this tree. Like, there's small saplings everywhere. I get that maybe, like, for medicine or something, a special... I think that that mechanic was done decently, but all of the... It, it was done decently and yet not, because I've never used a speed boost or I've never needed the scent masker for hunting because maybe at night it would be better so I don't get randomly attacked by wolves. But, like, I've not used any of the berserker power-ups or anything. Like, I've not touched any of that. that. That's why – so whenever I got into Primal, the way I got into it was through, I think it was a PC Gamer article. I could be mistaken. But where they were talking about how it's – a fun game and much more so if you play on survival and then they actually recommended the expert difficulty, but not because it it's this like super ultra hard thing, but simply because it kind of forces you into using more of the stuff because you're okay, not as powerful. Fair. The Witcher three had a similar deal where mo- like a lot of places, I should say not most, but a lot of places suggest that you play it on the difficulty above whatever the normal is for the same reason, because like in the Witcher, you've got all these different potions and you've got all these different um, oils that you can make for your weapons to give the bonuses. And it's just that in the normal difficulty after the first few hours, you would just never need to do it. I mean, you could. Well, and I think again, like doubling down on, you get an amazing animatic. Like, you feel like a champion when you make your first club and your first bow. Like, those moments are incredible. Mm-hmm. But they happen in the first 20 minutes of gameplay. Mm-hmm. And every other thing, the first time that you craft it, you don't get those cool animations anymore. They don't make a difference. Like, when I crafted the sling, in fact, there are some there's some weird bugs and glitches where I can't... Like, I'm supposed to select my throwable with the mouse wheel... And it doesn't always do it. So I have to go in the crafting menu and like half craft something and then not and then like double click it to force it again, game bugs, but whatever. It just kind of breaks me up. And I'm like, why is this the thing that's broken? You know, like it's also I mean, it's definitely a game that's designed for console. Um, So it's all weapon wheels and press and hold Mm -hmm. to select and whatever, which is fine. We're used to it now. I guess, but just give your PC players a nod and let me click a thing or select it from a list. Like, it's not that hard, but whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, because, like, Skyrim, for example. Skyrim's designed in a similar way where it's all weapon wheels and and all this stuff, but Skyrim and and Bethesda games have a really big PC following, so they make it moddable, so then someone comes out with Sky UI, which makes Right, which allows you to type. Right. So, yeah. I don't know. Um, eh. I will but. suggest, though, for because you're you're absolutely right that the game, uh, and I haven't completed Primal, like I said, but I'm sure I am that this is true. That there's a little bit of bloat to it, um, and if you were to try and complete everything or even just the main story, 
I and I'll be interested because you're one that completes stories, so I'm interested to see what yes. happens. But um, I think it will be. I think when you get to the end, you will be done. Yes, I definitely think so too. Which is why I'm like, well, maybe I should have played it on expert, but it's too too late. It's too far yep. now. Yep. But what I was going to say is, and I. I don't. They, they've done this twice, as far as I know. With Far Cry Five, they came out with New Dawn, which is kind of yeah. like a little weird spinoff. Well, for Far Cry Three, they came out with Blood Dragon. Blood Dragon, yeah. which everybody told me I should have played it, and I never. You did. still should. Um, okay, <laughs> it probably it'll probably go on sale for like five bucks at the. Probably uh, less around Christmas. That's what I or mean. It's, like, it's been out for a while, and it is. It is probably, and again, I haven't played New Dawn, so I don't know how it would compare, but it's the only Far Cry game I've ever beaten, and okay. the reason is because it's like a 20-hour game. Like, right. it, it actually doesn't do what we're talking about. and not, It doesn't overstay its welcome. Right, and, and, and not that it doesn't have extra stuff to go pick up or whatever. I also right. do just love the the overly ridiculous 80s action Oh, I love that too, and it's, I, I've looked at it a bunch of times, and like I probably should play this at some point. I just have the main character's name is Rex Colt Power, so right. I mean... It's kind of a, a what was the not well Kung Fury did it too, but the the more recent one. Mm, don't know indie movie indie movie that did super eighties time and did a Kickstarter and God dang don't it. know <laughs> I, yeah I'm getting it confused with Iron Sky which I am also <laughs> sequel to but anyway but anyway um, yeah Blood Dragon I think would be an excellent suggestion for anyone who is interested in a Far Cry game but doesn't want to commit a super long time now if you're someone that wants to spend you know a hundred hours or more in a game then any of the Far Cry titles are probably well not the first right. one from 04, but any thing after that are probably great because there is a ton of stuff to do well and i i think to your credit though like some of it you can face burnout though and if you're facing burnout go back to the main story but i will counter you had said something earlier that far cry primal is great for somebody who's not indoctrinated into the series and i would say that that is a hundred percent true except for one quest that shows up like a full story quest but is not directly tied to the story and that is Erky, which i had a long rant with you earlier about how angry i was until i researched the character and found out that they're essentially a nod to the rest like three four and five mm. where in the dlc there's a character named hank who is a hillbilly explosive as expert well in far cry primal it's a very serious game it's very raw, mm -hmm. very serious, very intense. It's dark. Mm -hmm. And like and I also want to praise it so to get to there, to get why this is important. There is an earlier side quest that I took that was our people are getting sick because we drink you know, people that drink the water get sick. Help us. And this is a common quest. The bad guys have poisoned the well, right. you know, like is it's in so many RPGs. So I go, and I find, and I'm searching, and I do the quest, and it takes a while, and I get to a point where dead bodies are in a cave near the source of the water, mm -hmm. and you have to take these rotting corpses out of the, out of the river. Yep. The bad guys didn't put them there. It was just people died, and in, in fact, you had to take the corpses out, and then you had to kill a bunch of wolves. Yeah. 
a hunting party had gone into this cave or had tried to sleep in this cave or something. The wolves attacked them. They died. They fell in the water. They rotted. It poisoned the water. It killed a bunch of people and made animals and people sick. It was such a realistic quest yeah. for a bunch of cavemen to encounter. Like, it wasn't the the demons have put poison and hex on the well or whatever. You have to go kill the source of the poison and pour an antidote into it or something. There was none of that. The antidote was take the dead bodies out and give it a couple of days. Mm-hmm. And get and rid I of was the, like, the, the things. And get rid of the wolves yeah. so that nobody else dies in yep. there. And it's like, that was a beautiful quest. It was so important because of its simplicity and its realism that I was like, this is, that's glorious. Because I, when I got the quest, I was like, oh, the evil bad guys, because they use like a poison gas, like bomb or like a stink bomb or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, the bad guys have put poison they're dumping their poison in the river. I gotta go kill a bunch of them. No, none of that. I didn't kill anything on that quest except the wolves at the very end. I take that back. I didn't kill any bad guys. <laughs> but it was like that, that was so important to me. And then I go on a quest. I'm 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 later on in the story. There's a spot that's like a thousand meters out on my map that looks like a character that I can recruit for my village. I've recruited most of the characters for my village. I want to get the last couple that I'm missing before I progress the story because I know that I'm probably getting to main story focus time. You mm-hmm. know, maybe another 20 hours and I'm done with this game. So I need to get what I'm going to get. So it takes me, I don't have a, a very close respawn point. So I spend probably three hours <laughs> trying to capture a closer spawn point. Right. And then I probably spend another hour uh, randomly dying on my way to get to this guy. Cause I've lost my bear. So I don't have my protection and moving at night. And so I've got to, you know, either wait for day or get attacked by cave lions. Like mm-hmm. it's difficult and it's a far ways out. There's not anything close. It takes me a long time to get there. I get there, I get to this hut, his name is, on the map, it says Erky the Tinkerer. And I'm like, I'm a tinkerer, I like this, you know, I'm, I'm cool with, you know, caveman tinkering. Let's go inside. And I'm greeted with a, a caveman that's speaking like a hillbilly in this broken, in this broken language but with the cadence of a hillbilly. And I'm like, I'm, I'm making this up. That can't be it. And then I look, and it's it's wearing a vest that's like a lion print, leopard print sleeveless vest. And the more I look at it, the way it's like, it's got cut off jean shorts, but they're not jean shorts. They're like lion pants, you know? And I'm like, why is this, why is this hillbilly here? Mm -hmm. This drunk hillbilly character who's mentally disabled and think they're a bird and they can fly and they're they're trying to get a bird to teach them how to fly and i'm like part of this almost makes sense i can give the like you know watership down sort of like there's a mentally disabled person and we're gonna you know but they're a caveman sort of thing like i don't know where this is going and the quest is to get them two feathers so they can hold one in each hand so they can fly because they need bird feathers and I'm just like, what is going on? And then it makes like an Assassin's Creed gag where they fall in a hay bale when they try to fly. And I'm like, if they would have killed this guy, it would have been fine. Because I don't know where this hillbilly voice came from, but it bothers me. 
and they fall on a hay bale and they're all right. And I'm like, what is this comedic gag? Like, I'm mad. I'm legit mad because I spent at this point like four hours getting to this guy for what seemed to me kind of like a, a stereotypical joke moment. And I'm just like, this is wrong. So I have a conversation with you where I blow up about this. I'm just pissed. We get back. We Google it. We try to figure out because you don't believe me. Like, not that you don't believe me, but you're like, this seems just wild because you've played the game and it's a very serious game. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I want to see the video. And so I go looking the guy up because I couldn't remember his name. So I had to Google it. And as soon as I Google it, I find out he's a head nod to a character that's in every DLC expansion in Far Cry 3, 4, and 5 called Hank, who is a southern redneck who loves explosives. Mm -hmm. I did not know this. I have only played Far Cry 2 and only half of that before it deleted all my save games. Mm -hmm. This character was very out of place for somebody who has not played a game in the series. Mm -hmm. And it was infuriating because it took so long for me to get there (laughs) for this gag and I was like, I I died. My bear died. My bear, I'm in survival mode. Like, the only bear that I had, they're hard to tame. Like, I lost him getting here. I had to get a, a checkpoint that I didn't want to get. Like, it was frustrating. Knowing that it's a gag now and that he is a character in the other games, I'm actually fine going and finding the rest of his quests, knowing that he's going to be comic relief. Mm-hmm. Because now I am thinking about Far Cry Primal as a video game. But when I was getting there, I wasn't thinking about it as a video game. I was immersed. I was in the world, you know, and I don't know. It's just it's one of those things that it's like I don't hate that it's there for people because it is a good head nod for every every because he's supposed to be like his long lost his distant relative mm-hmm. the caveman mm-hmm. that's a hilarious tie-in i'm fine with that like the reason hanks the way he is is because his like great great to the 10th power granddad is a dumb caveman mm-hmm. this is how this is good that's fun that's great if it were a, another game that i knew the story of i would love that as an easter egg right but it kind of wasn't an Easter egg. It looked like a main mission. And I've not played any of the other games. Yeah. Now, maybe should I have? I don't know if I'm, you know, it doesn't, it didn't seem like a gatekeeper game. It wasn't like Halo 2. If you haven't played Halo 1, you won't know what's going on. You know, it was primal. It's a side game. So I don't know. But it was really frustrating to hit funny now i can laugh at it now and i can go into the other characters quests now that i know he's a side character like and laugh but had i not googled him the next time that i hit a quest and it was even worse because there's like three quests that you do for this guy i probably would have been even more angry at it because it just seems so out of place yeah yeah Uh, so i was actually thinking about it after we talked because i was trying to think of had i had an example where just the very nature of a character was infuriating to me in that way. Just like just the way they act and talk and whatever. Cause it's not a gameplay thing, right? Like it's not, no, it yeah, it's, it's, play. it's every other character in this game is a serious character yeah. and, and all of the language sounds the same. And then you have a character that's speaking in hillbilly gibberish 
but modified to sound like the hillbilly, the gibberish that everybody else speaks. And it's like very serious. It's very hillbilly drunk cadence to it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this character could have been a very serious, mentally disturbed character and a very heart wrenching moment if they weren't a hillbilly. Right. Which is how I was thinking about it. I was like, why did they make this not a touching moment where this caveman dies who thinks who there is a mentally disabled caveman and there's no mental health services for 10,000 years? Mm-hmm. You know, like that could be a very interesting and serious note to play off of. And they don't. Yeah. And but it's because it's a gag. And I didn't know that. But I had it. I was I just I was so confused. So, yeah. Yeah, so I thought about it, and the only example that I actually can think of, which it wasn't, it wasn't exactly the same because it's the main character, but it's actually the main character of Far Cry Three. <laughs> um, because you're like a like I don't know college age bro, okay, that that's just through and through, just like sub bra, like yeah, totally cool, dude. And it was just so infuriating to me that this is who I have to play as and that I'm supposed to be some hero. And it's like, really, this guy is... The and you're supposed to be sympathetic towards... Yes, and it's like, no, I kind of want him to get captured in the cage, actually. I'm kind of happy every time I die. Yeah. <laughs> now, I can't say that it forced me to stop playing the game. It was really just kind of getting bored, uh, like I talked about earlier, just because of the... Right. Uh, and... Well, and I think that was part of it, too, is that... I'm getting close to that tediousness threshold, but I'm engrossed in the story because I've hit several of the story moments that I, I would really also intend. argue, and not that not that it's a relevant argument, but I would also argue that I didn't because when you told me about it earlier, you hadn't explained the stupid. Well, I I thought about that too. I realized after our conversation is like the really important thing about this is how much time I invested getting. There. That's why I think it bothered you so much. Like if you had yeah. just walked out of your base and this quest popped up and you had taken three minutes to Ten, get there, yeah, you probably don't care that much. You just be, you, you would still think it broke the immersion, right? But it wouldn't like, yeah, would bother me as much because it's like right there. Okay, but fine. yeah, but no, it was definitely a difficult right task and it required me to accomplish other things to get there like i had to set up other spawn points and and take over other fortresses that were hard to do and yep. yeah yep. so yeah i'm uh i'm i'm excited though i am interested i i do think i'm going to skip some of the side quests because i've gotten most of the unlocks that you get for population out of except for bonus xp gain mm-hmm. um so i think i'm gonna head for mostly main story driven stuff i still don't have something that's given me the primal building out of bones and hides thing no but um it's definitely given me everything it's given me a lot more that i didn't know that i wanted in a game Mm -hmm. um down to like like i kind of talked with you about earlier too which is that you know on kind of the total war note of not having enough tutorial i'm almost wondering how interesting to a modern gamer because a lot of people talk about like the original mario and the fact that you learn how to play that by playing like oh i can't go back left so every every action is permanent as i go right you know and i'm wondering if given the right setting like a primitive caveman world if a game did not have a customizable keyboard and had no tutorials 
what could you do to immerse a player and get them to explore just the controls and mechanics of the world without telling them? I don't know. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think the problem is, is that Nintendo benefited from Mario the controller. Yeah, there's eight inputs. There's you can right. press four directions on the pad, start select A B. That's it. Right. So there's that's only it. so much you could possibly do. Well, and that's what I was saying, is like how much tutorial should you give? Sure, WASD, mouse to move, maybe some rebindable keys, but you don't get to know what those rebindable keys are until you discover that action. Yeah. Like I can I can find the ride mammoth key and rebind it at day one of the game and i don't even know that you could ride mammoths like eh, maybe hide that hide it out of the settings menu you know yeah. like yeah i think that it's um i don't know i think that's a it's a again it's one of those risks that a triple a right. isn't going to take isn't gonna make yeah and the the indie games that are willing to take it don't produce the rest of the game that you want you know what i mean right because right the, the problem that you run into is like i mean what it, what it, and especially with the modern internet as it is, and the way that gamers use the internet for gaming, I think it would just be, it would have to be like the game would have to be sold very heavily as like, this is the intended experience. Do not right. go look at a wiki because you right. do your well, I mean, even like like people when when the two games that they came out in the same year is like uh, Brothers Tale of Two Sons and Gone Home. Both of those ad- in part of their advertisement was like, don't go look up gameplay of this game yeah. because any amount of gameplay you see is going to ruin it. They're also like three hour games. Exactly. So, you yeah. know, so, very limited true. experience. Um, and like I always and you know, this is obviously just one game, but like I always think about like Minecraft, because when I first played Minecraft, I didn't look at a wiki. I was like, no, nah, I just want to figure out right. and see what happens. I would have never figured out how to tame animals if it wasn't for... Or go to the nether. Yeah, exactly. It's not something you're ever... Like, one in a million people put obsidian bricks into a configuration and then hit them with a flint and steel, which you probably don't even realize exists because it has very little other use. Right. But yeah, I I think that there's... And again, Minecraft is a very, very specific example, and our games aren't aren't that, so I get it, but... um, yeah, I don't know. It, 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 but I think there's I think there's room to integrate some of that. Like maybe because like Fallout 3 does something very interesting in character creation where you start as a baby. Like maybe integrate some of that where you start learning the language kind of in game. You know, maybe it gives you subtitles, but fewer words, less sentences, more broken language. Like let's go 12,000 BC instead of 10, you know, like I don't know. Right. I think it'd be interesting, but I still love Far Cry Primal. I still think it's a great game, and I think that anybody out there that's looking for a a, a survival light experience with a surprisingly interesting story, told in very few words, um, yeah, check it out. Yeah, yeah. Whether you're going to play Far Cry or uh, you know, we talked about Total War earlier, which is a yep. game series that's been around for a long. Time. I hope to go back to that as well. I am interested to see yeah what that has to offer. Um, yeah. We'll see how I get to that one. Either way, folks, uh, you know, we, we appreciate the listen. Um, we also uh, do ask that you go and interact with us in whatever way you can as far as your podcast app. So if your app lets you like, if it lets you subscribe, if it lets you star, thumbs up, whatever that looks like, 
please go do that. It, it helps us be a lot more discoverable and, and get this out there. Um, also, you can always follow us on Twitter at P-U-Y-S pod. Um, so we really, really invite you to come and, and hit us up there. We interact with people um, through that Twitter account. And, and yeah, I would love to, to hear from you and, and have whatever conversation you would like to have with us, you know, about gaming. Um, again, that'll be it for today's episode. And uh, get out there and pick up your sticks. Have some fun playing games. We'll see you. See you. NFL fans, Dak Prescott here. Want to spend Sunday afternoons with your favorite teams and players? Switch to DirecTV and get NFL Sunday ticket included at no extra cost. I'm talking every live out-of-market game every Sunday, no matter where you live. So switch to DirecTV to get the 2020 NFL Sunday ticket season included at no extra cost. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Out-of-market games only. Requires choice package or above. Minimum $74.99 a month before discounts. Prices higher in second year. Regional sports fee up to $9.99 a month applies. 24-month agreement, activation, other fees, terms, and restrictions apply.